my name is Colin Heron. I am from New York City, and I'm currently riding my bicycle across the country That's in a very squiggly line. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> What's the route? Uh, I left New York uh, originally planning to go through down the East Coast through North Carolina and then down to Louisiana across Texas and then northwest from there. Uh, but I got scared off due to the heat, so I got as far as Richmond, Virginia, and then I turned around, <laughs> and uh, I ended up going through Pennsylvania, Ohio, and then through uh, through Michigan in a loop that took nine days, uh, and now I'm currently in Utah after coming through Nebraska, Iowa, and Wisconsin. Uh, so, anyway. And then you're going to go... Headed to, I'm headed towards uh, San Francisco, and then after that I will turn south and go down PCH, probably all the way to San Diego, at least as far as L.A., uh, so, unless things change. Big ride. Big ride. Uh, longest ride of your life. <laughs> yes, longest ride of my life. Uh, as of today, I'm at uh, 3,500 miles and a little bit more than that, hmm. so yeah, my average is uh, 73 and a half miles a day. Wow. That's pretty big, actually. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of big. Um, what were you doing before this bike ride? Before I did this trip, uh, I made uh, corporate commercials. I was a producer and director, uh, and then I also did motion graphics and videography before that in my career. Um, so, yes, I went from filming lawyers uh, every day for several years uh, to uh, not touching a computer other than my phone uh, every day. So yeah. It was kind of fun. And how has that been? Do you like being away from the computer? Uh, yeah, no, it's been great. Um, you know, when we talked earlier, I was mentioning how it was three days into my trip that I forgot about what I was doing before. Mm. Um, and I only started my trip three days after my last day uh, at work. So it didn't take very long to disconnect. Um, I don't miss being in front of a screen all the time, but I do use a computer all the time. I mean, I use my compu- my phone all the time, which is basically a computer. I have several other devices with me to keep track of me in one way or another. So mm-hmm. I'm not like disconnected from things, but um, my yeah, my new lifestyle. I I like it. I don't think I want to do it forever. I'm kind of looking forward to being done with the trip, yeah. um, but mostly just that I'd like to I'd like to know where I can set my hat down at the end of the day. It's maybe in the same place for like at least a month. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Yeah. So why did you decide to do this? Why the big cross-country ride? I've wanted to do this for a long time, about 15 years. Yeah. Um, you know, I, when I was in college, I, I've i always ridden my bike like since I was a kid. I've been commuting uh, in one form or another since I was about 14. Um, and then I used to race bikes, and I used to work at a bike shop. I worked for uh, a bike share program, and I... I don't know, it's, it seemed like the big thing to do. It's, you know, this is the country that I live in. I figured it would be a good way to learn about it um, in ways that I couldn't expect. And, yeah, so, it's... To put it to put it mildly, my friends all know that I want to do this, and they have known it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my best friends, his wife, said, when she found out that I was actually going on the trip, she said, oh, yeah, you told me you were going to do this the first time I met you. And that was, like, six oh, years wow. ago. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so I'm happy to be finally doing it. That's cool. What, um, like before you started the trip, what aspect or area of the tour, it could be an area or an aspect of the tour, were you looking forward to the most? 
and what has turned out to be the best part of the trip mm. thus far? Uh, I Before I started the trip, uh, I really wanted to see what I couldn't predict. Mm. Um, there's a lot of things that I knew how it would work. You know, uh, I, a lot of the technical stuff I wasn't really worried about, but I knew that there would be things that I just didn't know what would happen. And that has been the most interesting part so far. I think that whether or not I like it the most is debatable. <laughs> yeah. But um, every day is a new day, and specifically, like, weather and terrain, you know, I know that the earth is not flat. I know that the every day is different, but you can't, you can't live it until you're not inside all the time. Yeah. You know, even, I mean, I've had jobs where I worked outside, and still you can go inside. Or you go inside at the end of the day. Or in a car. Or you're in a car. <laughs> yeah. or you go somewhere, you get out of the car. Um, even when I worked on my bike, like I, when I worked for Bike Share uh, in Washington, D.C. for a while, we would go and manage the bikes via bicycle. Mm. But if it's really pouring or it's snowing or something like that, well, you have a day in the warehouse or you have a day where you're not going to do as much or you duck into a store and you just wait out the storm. Right. So that doesn't, I mean, I still have to do that sometimes. But yeah, the unexpected of um, just things that happen to you has been the most interesting and probably the most rewarding part of it, you know, because that goes for people too. You know, so. Like meeting interesting, weird people on your travels or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that um, one of the things that I kind of expected but did not know would how it would feel the way, or the way that it would feel mm -hmm. has been yeah the interactions with folks and what the you know folks are really kind well, for the most part yeah. you know, there's you know, there's of course rude people everywhere but there's also nice people everywhere um, and the things that people will volunteer themselves to do or to give you or just to talk you know that's been nice and I figured that there would be people out there I've heard about it before before I left because yeah. I've read umpteen you know stories about about it before I left but until you're there you can't really expect it yeah, um, and it's happening to you. And it's happening to you, yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah. it's really, it's kind of awesome to feel it in the flesh and be like, oh yeah, this is, it's you know, it's it's very hopeful, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of other odd stuff too. Um, you may or may not be able to use any of the following stuff, <laughs> but uh, something that I knew that I would see as I crossed the country would be like various. Um, political advertising and messaging yeah. um, which is one of those things that you know I've spent the past well, very long time I've spent the past since 2004 I've met, lived in like a major liberal market somewhere yeah. in the United States whether that's Washington D.C. or Austin or L.A. or New York big city yeah. right yeah. and then everybody in those places looks at uh, not everybody but a lot of people in those places look at the rest of the country you know um and they, with they don't really know about it, or they say you know the whole thing with Trump in twenty sixteen was a surprise to people. Mm. It wasn't a surprise to a lot of people, but yeah. going out and seeing like you know just different people's political voices and the way and also just the ways that people advertise and express things like signs for stores. There's all these little teeny differences everywhere, you know, yeah. um, that you know you don't see when you live in the same place or you get served the same kind of marketing or the same billboard because you're in this market and they have the same billboard. Right. You know? There's a lot of stuff that isn't the same. <laughs> so.
Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Yeah. Um, what, like, where you're staying here through warm showers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is that something that you've done frequently on this trip? Or how are, where are you staying most nights? So I'm currently, tonight, I'm at warm showers with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, I had not, I'd never been a warm showers host before. I had never been a warm showers guest before this trip. Mm. Um, I knew about it for a long time, but I hadn't uh, been there. But where I'm staying uh, on this trip is a combination of camping, staying with people I know, staying with people who they know, uh, and then warm showers, uh, and then and then hotels. Um, so the split is about. I stay about sixty five percent of the time inside, mm. in one way or another. Which is uh, I've been accused of glamping my way across <laughs> America, uh, <laughs> which I don't. It's hard enough doing the trip. I don't need to make it any hard. I mean, there's a lot of that actually, which is you know controversial about how much people rough it or whatever mm-hmm. um, but yeah so I stay about 65% of the time inside in one fashion or another um, and that's probably split on an equal thirds basis between people I know people I don't know and a hotel um, so warm showers I think you're the fifth person I've stayed with mm-hmm. um, on this trip and yeah but it's been interesting I mean I love staying with people because you get to see their house or live or whatever um camping's fun mostly developed campgrounds with some dispersed camping and things like that Uh, it's getting easier to disperse camp as we get further west of course Um, and then hotels I don't mind staying in hotels but they're really expensive especially this year yeah Yeah. so I mean yeah the inflation on hotels due to post-covid balance plus um sparse availability of rooms and things like that has been kind of stunning because um, like I traveled a fair amount for work and so I have a general idea of like how much a hotel room costs a lot of places yeah. and they're a lot more expensive now <laughs> and especially when you don't have a job or somebody else isn't paying for it so yeah, yeah. something I try to avoid when I can yeah. so. do you have any sense of how much this whole trip will cost you? I do and I don't really want to talk about it it's, it's, it's expensive yeah. um, and it's expensive mostly because I haven't been rigorous in how I've planned a lot of things out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I know how much this costs us for, which it's not. You know, it's like a, not a nightmare. The more expensive thing for me is the time. Mm-hmm. I had I, with the amount of time I wanted to spend on the trip. So I've been on the road for two months and I think two days so far, and I have another month and maybe change to go, depending on how fast I go and how far I go. Um, but I had to quit my job to do it. Yeah. To do it properly. I mean, like, I was asked whether or not I might want to take a leave of absence, but I didn't think it was really serious because I couldn't go back to my job without being replaced already. Um, and that was, I had to, part of the reason why I didn't do this was when I first wanted to do it, I was already in college, which meant I was already in debt, which meant that I had to get a job, and then I had to pay that off, and then I was, you know, working my way up through my career, and I wasn't at the point where I ever felt like either I had enough money to do the trip, period. But more importantly, I had enough money to go back to real life. Um, so, yeah, that's the most expensive part. Yeah. And luckily, there was something, like, I kept my car, mm. and that's in storage, and I kept anything that would fit in the car. Everything else I sold. Wow. I got rid of my apartment, 
<laughs> my job. <laughs> um, so yeah, anything that fit in my car went to my parents' house, and, and then I'll go get it once I'm done. Yeah, so, yeah. And then I gotta get a job and an apartment. And assuming I go back to New York, I have to find an apartment without a job. Or <laughs> so yeah. Um, but like a lot of people that come to me, they say like, "How do you pay for your trips?" You know. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell them, like, most people that go on a bike trip do what you did, right. which is basically they just stop working for a little... They yeah. save up some money, mm-hmm. and then they stop working, and they go on the trip. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, but why did you decide now, like, how did you decide that this was the time to do it? Okay, yeah. Uh, a number of things opened up for me. Um, I had been gotten out of a relationship, and then I was looking at moving anyways. Mm. Um, and then I was looking at where I would live and I, and a lot of it was I was in New York it was expensive I was looking at places to live and realizing okay well, I can move here I can stay in my apartment that I have now I can afford to do that or I can move to a smaller apartment and I can save some money there but even the smaller apartment in my neighborhood was only facilitated by uh, the job that I had mm-hmm. and I was I was very well compensated but I didn't really I didn't love my job mm-hmm. um, so I didn't really want to do my job. I really wanted to do this trip. I wanted to do this trip in 2020, um, but I couldn't because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, so as soon as that, basically as soon as the the, you know, the stars aligned so that I realized I don't have to be here, I can afford to not be here for a while, I was out because I wanted to do this for a long time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it sounds like too, like there's a part of your mind that just was like, it had this as a goal. And yeah, you yeah. saw the opportunity. I, I wanted to do this for a long time. So basically, as soon as I felt like I could, yeah. I wanted to do it. It wasn't. It was a little terrifying to me, but um, but I did it as fast as I could. And I had like been injured in the spring. I had broke mm. my foot uh, about eight or nine weeks before I was supposed to leave. Um, so, but and <laughs> as soon as the doctor said that I wasn't that I was okay to take to take the trip. I quit my job the next day. Um, cause I was very eager to do it. And then it was a little terrifying cause the reality set in of, Oh, you're not part of the normal square world anymore. Yeah. At least for a little while. So, but yeah, no, I wanted to do it. And I've talked to a lot of people where they say, Oh, I really want to do that. Or, Oh, I really always wanted to do it. It's like, okay, that's great. But a lot of the people that I've talked to, I know that they can. I hope that they decide to do whatever it is that they would, you know, it's a bike trip. Great. They want to go hike the PCT, great. Or they want to go away for a week, great. I mean, I've been yeah. telling everybody that I meet, it's like if you want, if you have the inkling of it and you and you can do it. It's a luxury that I can do it. It's not, you know, it's it's hard to quit your job because it's expensive to quit your job. It's hard to do what you do, which is make a living out of it. There's a few people that are able to do that. There's not all that much room no. in what you do. <laughs> there's only so much room in the world for like bicycle blockers you yeah know? um but so I know that it is a luxury that not everybody can necessarily afford especially at any given time but for those people who can I think that they should because also you quit your job somebody else gets your job yeah maybe they get to do their thing later yeah because yeah. you know and there's a big world and that's I don't know it's fun and complicated and beautiful and there's all kinds of people in it and it's like we should all we should try and see more of it it's the only one we got so far <laughs> you know anybody who's alive today is probably going to live the rest of their days on the earth so you know we should probably try and see it and appreciate it yeah. you mentioned like some 
negative aspects of the trip. What has been like the hardest part of the trip or something bad that's gone wrong or something? Has there been anything? It comes. I'm sure there's been something. There have been some bad things that happened or inconvenient things. Um, number one thing that I do not like about this trip is wind. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's. I described this to a friend on the phone this morning. Is that the wind? I also when I'm not riding my bike and or working or whatever, uh, I also surf, and the ocean is like powerful and unrelenting, and you have to like. You have to respect it because it's much bigger than you are. The wind is like the ocean, but like boring. <laughs> and like at least the ocean, you get beat up, you know, and you're not, if you're not hurt, you come in and you're not, you don't have to struggle to breathe or stay afloat. Yeah. The wind doesn't go away. Uh, and I get asked all the time, didn't you think about going west to east? Uh, and yes, I did think about going west to east. I didn't want to go west to east. I wanted to go east to west for a number of reasons. One, but I lived in New York. I wanted to go to, uh, to California, and also it's like kind of follows the weird, you know, colonization of the continent, yeah. um, you know, which in a weird way. Uh, but uh, yeah, wind is the most inconvenient thing, and then rain is very inconvenient. But I already didn't like rain on my bike, but it's not nearly as bad as the wind. Hmm. Um, is the wind? Is it a headwind that you're getting? Yeah, I, so I've, I, today was my 48th day of riding. I've had two days with a tailwind. Oh, okay. And uh, of the other 46, um, at least half have had a really stiff headwind. Okay. Because yeah. I, I biked across the country east to west also, but the wind when I was out there was coming from the south, so it was like on the side the whole time. Yeah, I've had a lot of stuff where it's, it's coming out of the southwest. Yeah. So... It's like, it's not as bad as it was coming due west, but I've also had, I had a three-day period in Michigan where I was heading north and I had a headwind, and the next day I was heading west and I had a headwind, and then the next day I was heading south and I had a headwind, and I was like going out of my mind. At this point, I think it's like a joke or whatever. It's like, you know, I don't know. I I thumbed my nose at God or something like that. I don't know. I didn't, but like, (laughs) but yeah, that's what it feels like sometimes. And then on the days where I've had two days where I had a tailwind, one uh, Dubuque to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and it was like, I, you know, I just, it was actually had like rolling hills and I averaged like 15 miles an hour. It was awesome. I had another day, my second day in Colorado, and I had a tailwind, and I, it was like a cross tailwind from the back, so it was coming out of the northeast, and I was going uphill at like 19 miles an hour, which mm-hmm. was like, yeah. Great, you know, but uh, but yeah, most of the time. So yeah, wind is the least convenient thing. And then the other thing um, that's been really rough is that I got sick a number of times, mm. uh, which I finally figured out was due to dehydration. But I was uh, my last day in Michigan. Um, I so I rode a hundred miles uh, to Marquette, Michigan. Uh, I set up my tent. I was bored. I had not done like it's it's been the social aspects are a whole different thing, which you should probably ask me about next. Anyways, I had ridden a hundred miles to Marquette, Michigan. I set up my camp and I was bored, so I went out to go to a bar. Mm. And then it was NBA Finals Game Six, and everybody in the UP is, was like thrilled that Milwaukee was 
in the final or whatever. So everybody was really friendly at the bar, and I, people were buying me drinks or whatever, and I drank a bunch and forgot to, that you can't do that when you're at work, because that's what I am, I'm kind of at work. And then I did another 100 miles the next day uh, to get to the campsite that I already reserved, because it was very difficult to find campsites in Michigan. And, uh, and then that night, I threw up for eight hours. Uh, and I thought I was like dying or something. I was like, there's something wrong with it. And I'd gotten sick once before at the beginning of the trip, um, but it was not, it was nothing, it was similar in uh, symptoms, but nothing. Like, this was like the sickest I ever felt in my life mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, and it was in a campground, so I'm like crawling from my tent to the bathroom right. and then trying to not like throw up so loud that people can wake up. Yeah. Because I'm not trying not to be inconvenient to people. Anyway, so I threw up for about eight hours and then I was supposed to do another 85 miles to Green Bay the next day because I was going to be staying with a friend's parents and I had to call them. And I felt like I was like in middle school and like I was like needed to get picked up after school and I said, and they said, hey, how are you? And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not good. Yeah. Can you come and get me? And they drove up and they came and got me a couple hours later um, and I stayed there for like four days to recover mm-hmm. uh, and then got back on the road and then got kind of sick again and then I finally figured out I, just, I wasn't drinking enough water I was drinking a lot of water I wasn't drinking enough water mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> I went to the urgent care they tested they thought I had pancreatitis or a gallbladder thing like you know that you either got a stomach bug or you're dehydrated and you have strange symptoms because it felt like a swallow knives uh, yeah it sucked huh. so, yeah I thought oh. I was going to have to go home yeah, the scary aspect of it, too, is that you're all alone. You know, when you travel with someone else, at least you can, like, hey, you know, call on them. But you're, you, you're mostly by yourself, yeah? Yeah, so I, did, I decided to do the trip by myself just because I want to do this trip. I, you know, I've thought about doing it with other people here and there, um, but usually it's like I'm the one that wants to do the trip. Yeah. So I, it's like kind of anybody else going with me would be going with me or maybe dragged along so I just decided to do it by myself but yeah it has its pluses and minuses on the plus side I go at my own pace I feel like going fast I go fast I don't feel so great I go as slow as I want stop where I want within where I can find places to stay um I get to go off the track or whatever but yeah on the other side it's like there's nobody to break wind for you there's nobody to there's nobody to help you there's nobody for you to help you know socially it's been a little interesting like, being by myself yeah. most of the time. I don't mind. I've done a lot of long bike rides by myself, but um, not knowing anyone has been really weird, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fun. I love meeting people, and I love talking to people, but I usually have a conversation for about uh, five minutes, you know, or like five seconds. Yeah. You know, I was in Pittsburgh, and some guy pulled up next to me. And went, hey! You, 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 where are you riding? Where are you riding? I'm going to California. If, uh, only other question: What do you eat? So <laughs> I was like, whatever I had, whatever it was, you know, I, you know, I think it's like, you know, yeah, whatever I get my hands on or something. Yeah. And then you know, light turned green, drove off. So. And then you have the same conversation a hundred mm-hmm. times yeah. with to other the, people. Yeah, I mean, it was three, four days ago, four, you know, four or five days ago. Yeah, somebody asked me, sort of came up to me and asked me a question and said, wait are you sick and tired of answering these questions? And I was like, no, no, no. Because I, I do want to answer the question because I feel like I'm educating people on this thing that they don't know about. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a little, you know, it's funny because, yeah, those are my interactions. I had, I stayed at a small hotel the other day and I ended up with a group. There was like eight people there 
who were there kind of together. They all had the same interest or whatever, and they were talking to me about stuff, and they were quizzing me and this and that. But I was explaining to them, I've been talking to you all for an hour. That's the longest I've talked to most people yeah. on this trip. Mm. Um, so, you know, I stayed with another uh, warm showers host in Iowa, and they asked me if I want to stay another day. I was like, yeah, that sounds great, because I'm already talking to you. I'm only, you know, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. I already should have been gone. But sure, you know, this is great. Yeah. So. That's no. cool. Yeah. When when you finish this trip and you look back on it, mm-hmm. what what do you think you've learned or what, what what will you have taken away from the trip? When I'm done with the trip, I think that I will have uh, an even greater appreciation for patience. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a pretty patient person, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you can have somebody who's like talking to you who's really annoying or something like that or somebody who's going on at work but like facing six straight hours of rain pounding your skull you know and you don't have a choice about it or you know there's no other thing to do other than to kind of submit and figure out what's the larger goal yeah um, yeah and there's other things like you know appreciation for being outside um, prior to the trip I, I spent better part of a year and a half inside mm-hmm. um, yeah and in, in a teeny New York apartment for about a year of it and a slightly larger New York apartment for the other half a year so um, yeah I, I like to go outside a lot but I think that it's become an even bigger priority for me to just be, oh this is important yeah, yeah. I, don't know. So I don't know how I'm going to feel at the end of it yeah. if I will be confused to go back inside mm-hmm. you know when you drove me around town tonight it is a treat to be in a car yeah which it was never a treat before <laughs> yeah yeah so. but like uh, this is just total side topic but yeah, when right. I bought my condo here my first condo in town I, w- I had been traveling for 10 years or something like that and so I bought the place, but I was so used to sleeping on the ground that I didn't sleep in my own bed for a year. Wow. A I, year? I slept on the floor. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's... No, uh, that's, that's what you're I used was to. just so... Comf- I was more comfortable yeah. sleeping on the ground. Than... Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Frank, when I walked in, I was like, this is so minimal, and I can <laughs> see why you're able to do it, because you've been on the road for so Yeah, long. yeah, I don't have, like, things everywhere. <sighs> yeah. One thing that I found myself... So I'm two months into the trip. I got about a month left. And then at the end of that, unless I just go further south, which thank you to everybody who's suggested for me to go to Baja, California, or go to Patagonia, (laughs) it's great. I appreciate it. Send me some money, maybe, and I'll do it. But the trip, and I've kind of, I'm now looking forward to it, whereas I wasn't at the beginning of the trip. Mm. That's one of the things with... To anybody who hasn't done this before, and to some of the things that I might appreciate, at the beginning of the trip, I was very excited to just leave. Yeah. I was thrilled to leave. It was great. Because I didn't know what was going to come next. And I was like, I know that there's going to be stuff out there, and I don't know what's going to come next. Um, and then, in the middle of the trip, it was like, okay, here's routines, here's things that have gotten really annoying, here's cravings that I have for social things. I have, like, no physical affection you know, mm-hmm. of like any kind, barely yeah. a handshake or whatever. Especially like I, during the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's on top of it. So yeah. I went, you know, uh, 
a year of basically not seeing any friends, even like in person. Yeah. To now it's like, oh, I mean, I see people in their street, but like, I get a handshake or like a tap on the shoulder or something like that. Like I, I saw a friend uh, about a week ago, uh, who like we both lived in New York before, and she was out in Colorado for the summer. And, like just to be around and like give a hug to someone that you know. Yeah. It's like oh, that's a so there's things in the middle. There's all these things that were developed and or that I missed or whatever or things that just frankly got like the wind I was like you know I'd be like I want to yell but there's no point in yelling at the wind um, and now I'm getting to the, like the third third of the trip and it's like I'm looking forward to having a home that doesn't move with me yeah. so maybe not carrying my tent everywhere <laughs> and then, you know and that doesn't mean I'm sick of it it just means it, I have an appreciation for something that I didn't even know how to appreciate before. If you had to give advice to someone who's doing a big trip like this or wants to do a big mm-hmm. trip like this, what would you say to them? My first piece of advice to somebody who wants to take the trip is just to take the trip. I, that's, I mean, that was the hardest thing for me. Um, but the other thing is um, be as prepared as possible without planning everything out in mm-hmm. advance, yeah, if you can. Um, so you be prepared physically, be prepared. Um, no, physically, I wouldn't bother with. Really, I mean, I, I, I had a history of cycling, but people ask me like, "Did you train?" People always ask, "Did you train?" And they ask in that voice. But no, that wasn't a big deal. Because, well, also, I couldn't walk for almost six weeks before I left. Yeah. Um, the fitness, like, I was never going to be able to prepare myself for it day after day after day after day. Yeah. There's just nothing to do unless you just have all that time on your hands, anyways. Right. Um, but it's just like have this try to plan out from like a what do you need with you or what do you like that could be I need this tool that could also be I need a book or something mm-hmm. like that could be you know it's like what is the thing that you need whoever right. you are um, you know I don't know I'm part of it is I've brought like I can I have pretty much everything to fix anything on my bicycle, which is annoying because it's like seven pounds of tools. But I don't have the mental weight of wondering where I'm gonna, how I'm gonna fix it. Right. And I have the skills to do it because I used to work in a shop and all this stuff. Other people don't. That's fine. What are you gonna do if you get into that? Like taking out those hassles of like, how am I gonna be safe? I think is the big thing. Hmm. Yeah. As long as you know that you can get like water, communication. Um, and like your transportation fixed if you needed to, and like where are you gonna, how are you gonna sleep? You know that's a uh, that's the biggest stuff. Is just making sure that you have the essential safety items are so you're, yeah, yeah. Uh, and waterproof everything. <laughs> <laughs> like just n- not even a question. Everything has to be waterproof. <laughs> so it can be done another way. It's just I don't think it's very smart to. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is there anything else you want to say? Mm. Uh, I'm having a great time. It's a real pain in the butt, and it's kind of like work, which I don't mind. I like work, but like, but it's it. I'm having a great time, and it's maybe the trip of a lifetime. I don't know the next time that I'm gonna have a chance to do this. Um, I know that I won't do it the same way next time, but that doesn't mean I'm doing it wrong this time. It's just like this time I'm doing it this time, and hopefully I get to do something like it again. Um, but yeah, anybody who's I don't know, anybody who's watching this and it's like, should I go? Yes, go. Go. Whatever the heck it is you want to do, please go if you can. Yeah. Because it's fulfilling my expectations 
for what I wanted, but I did not know how it would feel, hmm. yeah. which is a 